A good day to all. Um, welcome to the Fortis One Health podcast, episode one, the pilot episode. Um, my, my name is Catherine Asher. I am your host. And I guess first and foremost, we should really explain the basics of what One Health is and also what One Health is not. So um, we will look into the background of who we are, how we came about and what is the real message behind this project that we're putting out there into the world. Um, so without delay, let's have a look at the basics of the One Health concept and what this means. So in its simplest form, One, he One Health is a triad healthcare concept that looks at the sectors of animal health, human health and eco-health from a united and inclusive perspective. And rather than separate and divide the counterparts, we look at the parts as a whole, for one cannot thrive unless the whole thrives. So it's become increasingly clear over the past three decades that the majority of novel emergent zoonotic infectious diseases originate in animals, um, in particular in wildlife, and that the principal drivers of their emergence are often associated with human activities, including changes in ecosystem and land use, intensification of agriculture, urbanization, and industrial uh, um, international travel and trade, a collaborative and multidisciplinary approach cutting across boundaries of animal, human and environmental health is needed to understand the ecology of each emerging zoonotic disease in order to undertake a risk assessment and to develop plans for response and control. It should be very clear that the state of our health depends entirely on the health of our ecosystem. First and foremost, this is the main consideration as this is our host environment. Whatever the status of the ecosystem health is, determines our health on a primary level. Whatever happens after that is a man-made influence that is down to us to identify, control, and base solutions around. That also goes for the health of animals as man tends to control our environments, which therefore has an impact on the health outcomes of our animal relatives. So we are responsible for our domestic animals and companion pets, etc. So therefore, the choices we make must come from an understood baseline of what decisions we make for them. You know, an, uh, welfare of animals is a hugely sensitive topic. And much like everything else, man, of course, controls the outcomes. What we need to move away from, however, are the profit-based industry benefits of those decisions and move more towards an integrity-based system of ethic and value that benefits the animals and the humans and not a corporate empire. The driving principles behind healthcare need to become more focused on finding honest solutions and ego and title need to be removed from the equation as healthcare is something that affects us all and we all have a right to a say. So we see that based on the environmental impacts, we need our water to be clean, we need our air to be pure, we need our soil to be rich, we need our resources in all of their forms to be sustainable and accessible, and we need our food chain to also be the same as all of the above. Otherwise, we are creating imbalance. Imbalance equates to illness, and illness therefore relies us upon some healthcare system or solution in order to fix the damage that is done and reinstate an equilibrium of health. If our waters aren't clean or our air is not pure and our soil is depleted in minerals, we need to look at ways to reverse this, not just for man, but for animals 
and not just for man and animals, but for the earth itself. The great thing about One Health is that it looks to include everyone, from professional capacities, especially those within the fields of healthcare, but also the public, the community and populations as a whole. When dealing with healthcare, it's not only the leading titles and professions that have the say or the know-how, but it's the right of everybody at every level to be informed and have an opinion in the way we push healthcare forwards based on models that look to benefit everyone at all times. I will make it really clear at this point that in discussing any topic on the Fortis One Health platform, there will never be a sway towards any bias or model of practice, routine or protocol. This site, from our perspective, is not to promote one method over another. It is to create a platform of balance through asking questions, looking at different perspectives and considering all options as they come in, as there is no such right or wrong, only right or wrong for the person that counts at that very moment. Fortis One Health are considered the bridge builders between the different sectors and practice types by bringing them together to create a platform of wholeness and allow options that can be available for everyone. Um, we're all different, and the very reason that we have come to this point in time with this project is precisely because we have not considered all options and have followed a one-way path that has created a topple effect and huge depravity and has not been inclusive or transparent in its integrity towards the principles of healthcare. And this is exactly why there needs to be a huge review on what services and treatments are available, as this has been very much overlooked and misrepresented. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that traditional allopathic methods are wrong. Again, I, I say there is no such thing as right or wrong, but it cannot be the only method. It cannot be the only system. So I suppose this brings me to what One Health is not. So it was in 2018 when we sat down and had a round table about what was going on in the world of healthcare. So we come predominantly from a veterinary related professional capacity and we also work in human healthcare. And we had noticed a gradual increase in sector related stress, burnouts, overload, misinformation and abuse. And at the end of the day, this healthcare system that is there to offer solutions was far from creating healthcare solutions. Um, the rise of illness and sickness and disease caused by lifestyle issues had increased dramatically and the solutions offered to help manage these were often found to be the cause of the effect. So the cause plus effect equals a loop cycle of A plus B that rotates over and over and no one gets any better. No one gets any healthier or stronger, only except those at the top of the food chain steering this loop. So we said, Unless something dramatically changes, we foresee big problems coming. And we already knew about the detrimental effects of interfacing animal and human impacts on a health level. And we already see the dangers caused by chemical intervention on crop harvests and in our water supplies. And we all know we need to use water filters. And we all know we need to take vitamins to replace the ones lost through our agricultural production. But often we can't afford the massive list of replacement options because life and economics and all the rest piles up on top of us, leading to more stress, leading to more imbalance, leading to more dependence of use on a system of healthcare that doesn't really offer us a useful, useful 
ethical treatment plan and it just keeps us stuck in a loop. So while we look at One Health to be inclusive and understand that from a base level, we are all one and we all have the same requirements, what One Health is not is a system based on oneness that only offers a one pill solution for any healthcare need. Let me be very clear on that. As stated above, this approach, this one one way approach and this one pill solution is the very reason that we have gone wrong in the first place and the very reason that this project has been birthed at all. Um, I can remember when we first came about this concept and at the time we were a bunch of vets, nurses, uh, doctors in human healthcare and that was literally about it. Um, and then we realised the deeper layers of the concept and hey, we didn't invent this concept. This The term One Health has been spoken about for decades, especially in Eastern cultures. But we in the West, um, we were not quite ready to put that out there. We were not quite ready to be heard. Um, anyhow, we started realising that to get to a deeper understanding of the bigger picture, we would need to connect with those within the environmental sectors. Um, so my sister, um, it, who is a wildlife conservationist, at the time was um, living in Zimbabwe. She was tracking lions and um, that she, she'd spent a decade doing that. And then she relocated to the north of British, Vancouver, uh, British Columbia to track wolves. And it was from there that she set us up with some contacts in ecology, who then set us up with some contacts in engineering and so on and so forth. So we got the wheel in motion and started adding people whose professional backgrounds helped form a tie to each other and we became a bigger unit that now looking back over the last few years we all unanimously agree given everything that's happened since then yes we are now ready the world is now ready um or even if it's not it has to be now otherwise we're really in big trouble um so that was in 2018 and then in 2020 the pandemic hit and um from, you know, we had the infectious disease viewpoint there, and that is a credible reason from what has occurred on a global level to now see that changes need to be made. And in 2017, and this very much slipped under the radar, but NASA confirmed that we had entered into a grand solar minima. Um, uh, well, in, in 2020, that, that was actually confirmed. Um so what does that mean entirely? Well, our first edition of our Fortis One Health magazine that is due out on the 4th of April 2022 will explain this in great length. Thanks to our contacts and all of the heads together, we have managed to get all the articles out there and that is one of them. So it is essentially moving forwards that we understand that as I explained in the beginning, the health of the ecosystem is the one thing that determines the health of those that live within the ecosystem. So it's not only important to un understand this from a professional capacity, this is something right now that we all need to be made aware of. Why have we not been made aware of this? And why has this not been mainstream news? Well, that's for each person to decide for themselves, but it's also another reason as to why the One Health Project is so crucial and why there is no time like the now to be addressing issues pertaining to our health and that those issues need to be considered by everybody on a collective level.
We are all responsible for the health outcomes planetarily, but we must all respect that in finding ways to balance these outcomes, we are all entitled to choose the routes that are best for our health based on our own beliefs and via means that make us comfortable on an individual level first and foremost. Yes, we need to protect each other, but there are many ways of doing that. And this is the very reason that Fortis One Health exists. We are here to try and test the methods, document the findings, examine the outcomes, ask the questions, discuss from every angle and hope that there will be enough transparent information out there to help people make informed choices based on all of the above. So continuing on from what Fortis Health is not, um, there are memes currently circulating social media right now that go a little something like this. Don't confuse my medical degree with your 10 minutes of Google search. Okay, so this is highly triggering and a lot of the reason why we have problems within healthcare. Um, I can see from a practitioner perspective that, um, yeah, you, you have gone through the efforts of going to um, um, medical school. You've put in far more time than most others have and it's cost you an awful lot to do so, so fair play. You, you do have the um, entitlement to claim a deeper understanding than most others in regards to healthcare. That doesn't entitle you though to say you only are, you are the only one that has that entitlement. No, um, I'm not a board certified doctor. I work in the field of veterinary, but I'm not a vet. I am however trained to a degree in traditional Chinese medicine um, more so to do with the medical components of various herbs and tonics, um, etc., rather than the actual physical elements of practice. However, um, I am informed and educated enough to often foresee, on a basic level especially, what a diagnosis might look like based on a list of symptoms presented, and I can also know what treatment plans would be advised based on said outcomes, as I have studied um, anatomy and I understand meridians and energy fields so when I see these memes I just see ego I see title and hierarchy um, and that is so deeply instilled and embedded within the medical school system and is designed to create that pyramid of power and control where those at the top have the authority often over another human being's health and life from a level of superiority and by the way, that's not to say I would ever attempt to diagnose anyone without being certified, but I do take the offence by the assumption that unless you've done the 10 years in medical school, your only other method of seeking health-related info must obviously then therefore come from a Google search. You know, that's, that's really belittling because there are many people like myself and many others that I know that do educate themselves and do do the research, often in a very deep way, to know what is good for health and what isn't. Um, I'm not a practicing vet, though the vets that I do work with would probably agree that I would be able to diagnose and, um, and offer various parts of service just as they would, but I haven't got that entitlement, therefore I don't do it. But it doesn't mean that I don't have the understanding that they have and that I shouldn't ask questions. Um, it's also a massive indicator um, that people no longer have trust in the medical faculty. 
the they're asking questions for themselves they're 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 resorting to google they don't trust the 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 medical professionals anymore therefore they go to google um and then the medical faculty get angry that they've done that and insist that people don't ask questions and that they put all of their trust in them you know so it's a loop of regression and confusion um all because they're is a hierarchical system of superiority based on control and misinformation. But the fact that people are making great efforts to research health themselves means that they are trying to take their power back and trying to control themselves um, and empower themselves on a, on a level of health. There is nothing wrong with that. That is absolutely as it should be. And so those in the field of um, medical practice should actually be thinking, wow, good. Let me, from my professional viewpoint, help them further and communicate on a deeper level. And then we can create a community of um, communication, respect, understanding, you know, not not. I'm, I'm me and you're below me and you must do as I say and blah, blah. No, no, no. It equals out the playing field and then we might get somewhere. Um, so, you know, when we go to the doctors, we get 10 minute slots. So for those people that are really stuck in a rut and really, really needing some, some guidance, that's not enough. That's not enough time. So that's a huge failure on behalf of the medical um medical faculty that we just can't offer people more than 10 minutes that's that's horrendous um they're going to say well that's because we're so overloaded i'll get to that later on um but but yes you get 10 minutes um i don't know why doctors don't gather their communities together to go over issues that so many are misled about um and that there then be transparency and communication because people have the rights um, for that information, especially pertaining about the health, and no one's got the right to tell them not to seek it. Um, you know, I've corrected my GP on things that he had no idea about, especially relating to diet, as it's well known that GPs aren't specifically trained in this area. It's not a strength of theirs, which then puts the meme flat on its face, because as we all know by now, health is very strongly based on our intake of food. Um, water, air, minerals, elements, and so on. So, you know, questioning our diets is absolutely crucial as there's no two ways about it. Every Everything that we eat has a direct impact on our health. So every, um, every time I've laid out questions to my GP, especially ones um, that require a detailed ans answer, uh, yeah, he's stumped, you know, for instance, I can remember uh, going in one day asking about glutathione, um, production, you know, um, why glutathione is important for hormone regulation and, you know, what foods could they recommend to increase my levels of glutathione and bioavailable sugars to help um, balance blood sugars for um, menstrual problems and so on. Um, and I can remember asking, you know, do you do any um, um, hormone checks, um, like Dutch testing and so on? And he said, no, um, the NHS don't provide that. And I said, oh, well, why not? our budgets. Yeah, so a functional practitioner um, can run tests for hormones and can work with you privately and exclusively, but this isn't a service offered on the NHS and it's a private service that costs a fair amount of money. Um, but because I couldn't find the answers from my doctor, I actually did go to um, a functional practitioner who, um, who helped me 
with some um, functional Dutch testing and so on, and it was an absolute game changer. And the thing with testing and tracking is that you have to understand the reason why you're doing it. You have to be consistent with, the, with tracking the results in order to see a positive outcome. And if you're doing this with somebody that truly understands naturopathy or um, is a clinical dietitian, then you'll, you'll get incredible results as they will help you understand the fundamentals from a base level up. And they get you to see how and where and why you've gone wrong and what needs fixing. But this isn't the case with most standard doctors who keep you in the dark about um, causes and treatment plans and all of the in-betweens. Firstly, because they aren't detailed themselves in a specific field, you know, and that's fine because general practitioners, they're general. Um, but, you know, we're at the stage now where the health of an individual needs to be laid out bare, you know, no holds barred. And, and yes, this is a two-way street. The practitioner needs to stop exerting superiority and stop holding back on deeper explanations. Um, I had someone report that their practitioner had given them um, a detailed synopsis of their case. It was somebody that had gone through bladder cancer. And um, then when the patient asked them to explain what it all meant, the practitioner said, that's my job. It's not for you to worry about, which obviously is highly unethical practice and part of the reason that we're in this mess. And the patient needs to take more control and look at the underlying reasons for various health concerns and look at how they can firstly prevent them. Secondly, look to tackle a treatment plan with full control and informed consent and thirdly, know how to prevent things as such from happening again down the line. We're constantly told how drained the healthcare system is, but we don't look to better our lives to ensure that we never use a system as such. We're given, we're, we've given too much power away, and it's really, really time that we claim it back. So while the One Health Project looks at all the sectors and subsectors within healthcare, we also look at practice types. And stated as above, allopathic traditional treatments are often fantastic. There's no, there, there is so much that modern science can do that is just amazing. But a huge factor that is not considered mainstream healthcare is preventative healthcare. So if you could focus on well-being and preventative healthcare measures, the system wouldn't be overwhelmed. But no one has the time to discuss that. So we've seen a rise over the last decade plus of people incorporating Eastern principles into their daily lifestyles. So things like yoga have become a huge movement aimed um, in assisting physical balance and mental balance and clarity, you know, and paired with a huge international interest in Eastern diets and cuisines and how they can benefit your health. Um, the popularity of chiropractic practices boomed and the amount of people curious about meditation and mindfulness is on the rise. Um, and there's a huge, a huge push in the, um, in the world of um, supplements and um, uh, homeopathic treatments, for example, and natural treatments. Um, I know in, in wintertime, there's this boom in the UK at the moment, especially since the pandemic and I just think it's brilliant of people uh, looking at making their own elderberry syrup for immune system support and extra um, boosts of um, vitamin C all there grown in our local environment which I just think is great um, and these alternatives often offer great successful benefits to those that truly want to seek independent solutions and take control of their own health 
And it's fantastic that we're now learning that these options are great health practices that should not be kept on the sidelines, but should be brought up to the plate level with those offered to us in a mainstream sense. Um, it's obvious that the only reason that they don't is that preventative healthcare often doesn't create profit for the guys at the top. And that then shines a very bright light on the harsh truth that the healthcare industry is not offering healthcare. It's keeping us sick so it can benefit, which once seen only produces a bigger client base for those offering alternative solutions because if the service provided isn't honest and integral, it can't be the successful result for those seeking an honest integral treatment plan. People aren't stupid. They will go and seek out other options that, that for them will feel safe. Um, and it may appear that I have a bias towards an alternative approach right now over an allopathic one, given the bashing I've just released um, above, but that's not the case. I can find uses in all treatment options. I simply identified the problems and sought out an alternative solution that I know to have worked and I believe we should have those options universally available on an equal platform. So we're here to bridge build, to create awareness across all modalities and available options so that people have the right to choose. Diversity is key. The one-way path wasn't only unethical, it was broken. And with all that's gone on in the world over the last few years and people demanding answers and clarity and change, that loop has truly been broken and out of it will be born something that is based on community and transparency. It has to be because too many people now see the damage and are demanding a justified turnaround. The damage is done. So what does the future look like? Um, from those of us within the field of One Health and within our respective fields um, on a separate level, um, we have all concluded um, within our separate fields and also as our unified One Health field um, that there are definite changes to come. So primarily before when we saw science, we saw biology, chemistry and physics. The science of the future will just see science. It won't, it won't be separated and dismembered. We'll see something new. So from a technological perspective, there's a whole new world of medical science that is being based on quantum technology. Um, in the fields of medicine right now, med tech, there is a massive um, boom. Um, it's, it's, it's not quite on that mainstream level yet, but it's getting there. A huge boom. Um, where people can be healed using cutting-edge tech based on light and sound frequencies. And this has been in the work since the basic implementing of MRI and CT scanners and laser treatments. But the tech of the future really does look incredible. Um, and we are looking heavily into integrative medicine. Um, and incredible research has been done, shared on the, um, the benefits of stem cell transplanting and regenerative medicine for overall health maintenance. And I mean, this is groundbreaking. It's just, it's, it's the kind of medicine that makes you go, wow. Um, Anti-aging potentials that will not only reverse the damage of problems such as osteoporosis and arthritis, but it will look at our longevity as a species, which is a game changer. Um, it's literally evolutionary development within the fields of science, tech, and healthcare. Um, 
we will base everything at local levels and decentralize the system to focus on the smaller communal outreaches and work on ways out into the larger environments so that we can all work according to our ecosystems within our own geographical climates. Um, we'll have to look at how we generate food and crop. That's also going to um, be a bit of a bit of a changing tactic. Um, where our food comes from, um, we will we'll need a whole new planning structure as climate-wise everything is changing. Um, changes will determine for us what we can and cannot do moving forwards. How we communicate over our health concerns will involve all of our voices, not just the voices of those at the top. Um, there will there needs to be a shift on so many levels. And whether you see it or feel it yet or not, that shift is already occurring. It's well underway. Um, how you choose to be a part of it, that depends on you. I'll give you a prime example of the shift and why Mother Earth chooses for us and leads the way. So today is the 5th of February, 2022. And where I am geographically based right now, we've had three earthquakes since the start of the year. The first one being a 6.6, that was pretty shocking. Um, I heard back in 2018 at the time of analysing these forthcoming changes and reaching out to those within the networks of environmental science that from an environmental perspective, there is a massive shift underway and that between the years of 2020 and 2030, we should all be prepared for major events that will reshape our world. So earthquakes, tsunamis, volcanic eruptions, cyclones, floods, hurricanes, freezing temperatures. Again, our first edition coming out in April will speak of this. But when I first heard the noise about all of these things, I wasn't so sure, I wasn't convinced. Now I'm sure. <laughs> so a lot of people will say, no, the way modern science currently works is all we need. The science is there. Um, the science doesn't change. We have all the answers, look no further, but whether you want to admit it or not, the world is changing. And the only way you can work with those changes and know what is the best way forwards is to look at things from every angle and to listen to all the shared voices and opinions, because you can only base your understanding and informed mindset on information that has been presented from every angle. And there are those that say Eastern energy medicine is quack. But then there are those in Western medicine fields um, that fail to detect something on an MRI. And they'll say, because it doesn't show up on an MRI, well, it doesn't exist. Then an Eastern energy practitioner can see that same patient and be able to identify what the issue is based on energy blockages within the system. Blockages that didn't show up on an MRI because they are located somewhere else within the system. And... Um, are more vibrational than physical mass, but nevertheless, it's there. And our meridians are like ley lines. Earth has ley lines that run underground and connect continents, and via these energy lines, shifts occur. And when they're triggered, they cause earthquakes, tsunamis, etc. So very much like our bodies, those energy lines help to flow what the Chinese call qi, um, and release or condense blockages. So it might not have shown up on an MRI, but it was still there within the system. Um, sometimes seeing is believing, 
and sometimes believing is seeing. As I said in the beginning, there is no right or wrong. There is only right for right now, and that right for right now is different for all of us. One thing that needs to be consistent is that we all need to find a way to respect each other's differences within these approaches. Acupuncture could not heal a broken bone. You can heal your gut without needing a gastric bypass. There are many benefits to all practices, therefore all practices should be available on an equal platform where practitioners offer clear and concise information pertaining to preventative health, progressive health, proactive health, all kinds of health-related concepts towards the general public. At Fortis One Health, our quarterly magazine touches on all of the sectors within the fields of healthcare, deep diving into all of those topics that I have mentioned above and far more. We're running a bi-weekly podcast so that those within the field can help share their knowledge and insight into the changes underway and how where we see the urgencies and what we think the future will look like. It's a lot. There's a lot to consider. But for the first time ever, it's all laid there bare and we're almost being given a blank canvas to start to recreate the path forward based on all the uncovering and all of the uncertainty that has shocked us out of our comfort zones. So it's exciting times. If you're a business, practice, professional, community leader, or simply a person keen to understand the future of healthcare and how to take control of your own healthcare by asking the questions and um, demanding responses, then get in touch um, because this platform is all about asking those questions and getting to the bottom so that we can create um, a network of unity. where hopefully there are answers and hope for us all and all can benefit. So um, on that, I'd like to close. That was the first episode um, on our Fortis One Health podcast. There will be many more to come. If you'd like to book in for an interview, I would love to chat with you about anything One Health related. Um, And I send love to all of you, um, a healthy 2022 to everybody. And let's work together to build the health care community for the future.